Welcome to this episode of Eyes on Earth. We're a podcast that focuses on our ever-changing planet and on the people here at the Earth Resources Observation and Science Center, where we collaborate with colleagues across the U.S. and world to monitor and study the health and well-being of Earth. I'm your moderator, Steve Young. Today's guest is Roger Auk, a research geographer here at Eros. Welcome, Roger. Hi, Steve. So tell us a little bit about the kinds of things you study and the work you do at Eros. So I consider myself a national and regional land use geographer. USGS does not map land use per se. We map land cover, but we use land cover as a surrogate for land use in many instances. Landsat provides a synoptic view of the earth, of parts of the earth at a time. You know, it's considered a moderate resolution earth observing satellite. And so right now the 30 meters is a good resolution um, to understand the landscape that it sees underneath. And since it flies in set uh, orbits, it can capture a view of the same area of ground every 16 days. And so over years of time, we can see if the land cover and land use has stayed the same, has changed, and, and lots of things. So it's a kind of a, a great tool to start getting data, and then we can do analysis on that data. So I understand that Landsat orbits the Earth at an altitude of 438 miles. How is it possible to look at Landsat images of the same piece of ground over the decades from that height and tell what the changes have been? I mean, how do we do that? The sensor is picking up pieces and parts of the electromagnetic spectrum as it reflects off the land. We can then use those values to understand what that is. So water absorbs most of the visible light, and so it tends to have a very low say in the near infrared, a very low uh, uh, reading. So you can say, oh, that's water. Or as this reading, well, that tends to be evergreen trees. Or this particular reading tends to be asphalt or pavement. And so even though it's 400 plus miles in space, we can get those readings that the sensor is capturing from the earth and make something such as land cover maps from that. And then we can take those land cover maps and do analysis of it and see trends of changes or the leading types of changes or the rates of change and things like that. How much of significant land cover change in this country simply relates to urbanization and the growth of our cities? Urbanization is a fairly, um, probably the most well-known and probably most thought about land change that occurs in the U.S. And, and globally as well. One reason why that is is because, you know, 80, 85, 90% of American population lives in some sort of metropolitan or micropolitan area. So most people live within built-up areas. But actually, the amount of developed land in the United States is fairly small compared to the other big land uses and land covers. 5% plus or minus a little bit. But urban land touches many other aspects of the country because the raw resources needed to keep people living in high density things like urban areas 
has to come from someplace else. You need food sources, so that agricultural output goes to the cities. You need building materials. So when I built my house in 08, you know, the, the, the wood panels came from some rural place in, in Idaho. Uh, we need fuel sources, so we mine areas for fuel. So urban areas can touch out and reach very rural areas, and that's the way kind of it affects it. Why should people care about land cover changing? Nothing in nature works in a vacuum. And there's, there's always um, uh, consequences and trade-offs on, on, on how we affect the, the land. So uh, if you put in a new uh, business center or retail center, uh, you're converting land, you're changing it from agriculture or forest to this developed and built up. and so. Uh, the negative aspects maybe be more uh, urban water runoff coming off of that new parcel. On, on the other hand, it's providing you know many more new jobs. And so we have to kind of balance or understand the costs of if we do this, it will change things here. And we have to weigh whether those costs are worth it or not problem is a lot of times we haven't weighed the costs and we just do it and we find out the consequences later on. So where do you see the value of remote sensing and tracking change into the future? The, the, the great aspect of, of remote sensing is, and in, in Landsat in particular, is that it's time span. All right? So we've, we've now had a Landsat flying for 45 plus years, right, if I do the math right. And so we can see how the land has, has changed or stayed the same over that time if we go back through that entire record. Uh, I personally think the MSS holdings that we have here, which was from the first couple of Landsats, may be some of our most valuable data because that establishes a baseline. Of course, there was change happening before, uh, 1972, but that baseline, then it gives us the ability to look forward. And that's one reason why it's important to keep satellites like Landsat going, because then we can increase the temporal span and change processes that may take longer than 30 years, we can start seeing, whereas if we just have 10 years of observations, we may not see or understand those kind of change processes. Is the American landscape as a whole much different today than when the first Landsat launched in 1972? So it depends on what kind of accounting method that you that you use. Um, so the U.S. land use system is a fairly mature system, and we kind of know what uses fit the best now. Some through some painful trial and error, and so for kind of a, a general land cover accounting, especially if you have only maybe ten classes. It hasn't changed that much. It's the more complex aspect within those measurements. So we'll take an example of the Southeast. It's one of the biggest uh, industrial forestries, forest in the, in, a, in the world. And so much of the forest in the Southeast is fairly young. There are very little, we consider old growth forest in the South. The amount of forest may have not have changed much, but it may be much younger than it was in 1972, or it may be growing older than that. 
And so also we don't see the aspects of, of intensity, you know. Uh, we have some scientists here at Eros who are, are studying water usage by using remote sensing. And so, you know, the amount of irrigated farmland, has that gone up? Has that gone down? Is that more concentrated? Uh, what other inputs are we using our land more intensely than we did in 1972? Probably so, but that's not something we can directly measure just by doing land cover maps. We would have to do more information and more types of, of analysis for that. We've been talking to Roger Alk about land cover, land cover change, and his work here at Eros. It's been a fascinating conversation, Roger. Thank you. Thank you very much. We hope you come back for the next episode of Eyes on Earth. Thanks for joining us. This podcast is a product of the U.S. Geological Survey Department of the Interior. 